Welcome to the Brand Led Podcast. We're your hosts, Kane Baker and Lisa Dondreo, co-founders of the branding studio, Baker Creative. We're on a mission to help you gain clarity in your brand and fulfillment in your work life. From strategy to visuals and beyond, we're arming you with bite-sized branding insights to help you build and grow a brand-led business. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Brand Led, where we share practical branding tips and insights to help you guys, service-based business owners, attract high-value clients. And today, Lisa and I are going to be talking about cognitive dissonance, which is a feeling you know we've all probably pretty familiar with, we've felt it before, um, but you may have not heard the term. Yes. Hello, everyone. So cognitive dissonance is actually a pretty important concept to understand if you're building a brand, and we'll get to why in a moment. Uh, but first, let's explore what it actually is. <laughs> sounds sounds. Yeah, uh, I think sounds you're trying like to stitch us up here, in, <laughs> and with the pronunciation, um, you know, in some of my previous episodes, I do struggle at times to pronounce pronounce large words. But we'll see how we go with this one. Um, so, in a nutshell, you know, n- um, cognitive dissonance is a disconnect between your beliefs and your actions. Uh, it can make us, you know, feel uneasy, embarrassed, uh, stressed, anxious. You know, those sorts of feelings about the actions that we take or stop us taking action altogether. Yes. So the best way to explain cognitive dissonance is probably with some examples. So mm. you might experience that if, you, um, if you're if you maybe a savvy spender or you consider yourself to be a savvy spender, but then you go and drop $1,000 on a new bag might make you feel a little bit uneasy, right? Yeah. Um, or critical. Yeah. Or if you believe in optimizing your health, um, that's something that you really hold dear, but then you can't seem to stop smoking. Uh, or, you know, if you believe, you know, you really want to start your own business, you've got a great idea for it, you think you'd be great, but you never actually take action on it. There's probably a little bit of tension there between, you know, maybe you feel uneasy about it, maybe a bit stressed or anxious. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can make you feel regretful as well. Yeah. Maybe you believe you deserve a better job, but you continue to work in the same job, you know, you, yeah. you don't actively look for another job. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's that tension between I believe in this idea or concept or have this attitude, but then my actions don't actually reflect what I believe. So, sometimes cognitive dissonance can be triggered by a decision that you make, um, but it can also be triggered by new information that you learn or by external pressures or expectations as mm. well. And when we experience this cognitive dissonance, we usually try and ease it. Um, we'll either try and change our beliefs, um, we'll change our actions, or we change the way that we perceive or interpret our actions. So this might mean that we seek out information that confirms that we've made the right choice. So we'll go onto the handbag site and read all the review- reviews yeah. about how good it is and how like much, a great decision that we've made. <laughs> um, or we might blame outside forces, be like, oh, my friend made me do it. <laughs> or, um, you know, might shift our beliefs or our actions. Maybe you go and return the bag. Yeah. Um, Great. Yes. <laughs> so I think everyone's following along. Hopefully those examples helped a little bit. Yeah. So stay awake, stay dialed in. <laughs> um, we're going to talk, I think, I'm thinking maybe we can talk a little bit about how this concept relates and ties into branding. Yes. So brands actually have the ability to both create and ease cognitive dissonance in their customers. So if we think about the narrative that we're telling as a brand, like any good story, it needs a problem. It needs a point of tension to be resolved. And we've talked about that on the podcast before. Yeah, we have. Yep. So understanding cognitive dissonance. Look, sorry. That's one. <laughs> ding. 
understanding the cognitive dissonance lurking, you know, behind our customers' actions or even their inaction can help us to dig deeper into the problem and build a stronger, more compelling narrative. So basically, you know, we we oh my god, <laughs> can't even say <laughs> can't we even buy. say buy. Yeah. We buy things that we believe in, right? Things that align with our identity. We do, yeah. Um, you know, if we have unaddressed fears or hesitations about that thing that we're buying, we might not pull the trigger on it, uh, no matter how much we say we want something. Yeah, or if we do, it might be laced with, you know, regret or embarrassment. Yes. You know? So um, some of the, if we think about some of the brands that we love, episodes that we've covered in the past, um, and some of those brands, you know, Outdoor Voices, for example, the Outdoor Voices customer might have some cognitive dissonance around wearing or spending money on active wear when they're not actually engaging in traditional exercise. So this customer might not actually go to the gym or, you know, run around a lake or whatever, you know, they might not be consider themselves to be athletic in any sort of way. And so spending money on active wear might not be something that they um, feel comfortable with. Or perhaps, you know, there's dissonance around, um, you know, most active wear brands that they come across because they're all, you know, neon and lycra and they don't really fit with their usual style. Mm. Yeah, outdoor voices have you know changed the story around what it means to exercise, um, you know, what active wear looks like, and even what it's called. And by changing this story, they're giving people you know a new set of beliefs uh, to ease their dissonance. Yes, uh, Scratch is another good example. So they actually create dissonance in their customers' minds by revealing that you know the dog food brands that you, you're buying that are in your pantry at the moment, you know, contain fillers and other not so good ingredients. So if you consider yourself to be a good dog parent, that's going to create dissonance. Um, mm. You're going to feel a bit uneasy about that. Oh, hey, I'm still buying, I don't know, what's a dog food brand? Purina or something like that. And, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and um, you know, I'm still buying this brand even though I know it's got these, you know, fillers and um, ingredients that aren't good for my dog and I really love my dog. So yeah. that kind of encourages them to make a switch or to move um, and change their actions. Okay, fantastic. So... I'm sure our listeners are wondering how they can help, you know, their own clients ease this, you know, concept of cognitive dissonance. Yes. Um, do you have any secret pointers for them? Because um, I'm sure they'd appreciate if you lifted the lid and shared some, <laughs> shared some of your wisdom with them. Sure. So first of all, you want to like find out where your customers experience cognitive dissonance. So you can look out for things like inaction. So say, you know, um, saying you want to want something like I really want a new website I really want a new logo and then no actions taken so mm. um that's where you could look or you could look for actions that they do take that are laced with emotions like you know stress or fear or anxiety or maybe they're feeling regretful about their purchase um yep. you know embarrassment shame so all those kinds of um feelings around a purchase or an action that they've taken so if you start with like your category or your industry or what you do or sell. Um, so, for example, you know, Outdoor Voices didn't start with active where they actually started with exercise. So it can be one step out from your actual service. Mm. Um, have you got any more examples? Yes, I'll yeah. give you. I'll give you an example. I, okay. I learn by example. <laughs> yes. So let's say you're an accountant. Okay, that's something that yep. everyone is fairly familiar with. Um, and you know, if you're an accountant, you could explore what stops people from switching accountants. Um, what annoys them about their current accountant. Um, what fear they have about accounting, um, stories that they tell themselves about accounting or accountants in general. But you could also explore the broader topic of, you know, money even. So you could take it one step out like Outdoor Voices did. Um, so, you know, 
you could talk about, you know, the, you could have a think about what fears they have about money, uh, what stories they tell themselves about money. This is a big topic. You know, everyone's yeah. got money stories. Um, what stops them from earning more and so on and so on. Um, so once you've kind of uncovered those things and you'd ask, you know, how can I help to rewrite people's fears or stories about accounting or about money? You know, what do they deserve? You know, what should they be able to do or be or have? Um, mm. How can I help them to ease their cognitive dissonance uh, by helping them to instill a new belief or a new action? Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong here. Basically, once you know where people experience dissonance in and around, you know, the category that you serve, yeah, you can make it part of your core brand positioning. Yes. Or you can create offers or experiences that help people to resolve the gap between their belief and their action. So mm, okay. um, another example, UpBank um, recognizes that, you know, young people want to save money and they know that they should save more, um, but they find it difficult to put money aside into their savings accounts. Mm. So they've actually created a feature that allows their customers to automatically round up on a purchase. And I'm sure other banks and, and um, places do yeah. this as well. So um, they can put money aside into their savings every time they actually spend money. <laughs> so they haven't actually changed any of their habits. They're still spending money on all the things that they used to spend so that's on. That's where all my money's been going. I was watching <laughs> what was happening. Um, um, but now they can actually feel good about saving as well. Yeah. So basically you're you're um, making them a, a savvy um, saver <laughs> yeah. um, while allowing them to continue spending. Yeah, super interesting. I think in most cases, cognitive dissonance you know, can be uncomfortable, but that's exactly why it's such a powerful tool in moving people to take action, um, you know, switching to or trying your service over other options. Yes. Um, you know, if we can really ease dissonance through our brand messaging and positioning, and we can do so in a way that feels really easy, then we can help our customers to feel good about purchasing from us. And that's really the, the mm. end game there. Yes. Well, let me just say, I am fried. That was <laughs> a, that was a pretty brain-heavy episode. And I think you'll, you'll note that I didn't actually you know, mispronounce cognitive dissonance. No, so I'm very I did. happy with that. <laughs> I did though. Um, but look, we hope you, you've enjoyed the episode. Um, and hopefully it sparked an aha moment for you. And, you know, do let us know if you found it helpful. Yes. Yeah. Love hearing from you. Um, or if you um, think that you have a friend or family member who's interested in branding and consumer psychology, then definitely share this episode with them because they might be interested in it. Awesome, guys. All right. We'll see you next week. 